Typically what we see is in the first week you have sort of the viral response phase of the infection and it's that second week when patients sometimes get into trouble. Now there is some correlation with patients doing well that first week and being less likely to get into trouble that second week when you have that inflammatory response, the post-viral inflammatory response, but there are exceptions and, and I have talked to physicians who've seen patients who did well the first week and still got into trouble. So I think we need to continue to be cautious here with the president uh, and wish him the best. And we don't know when the president got infected. He showed Simpsons symptoms the first time on Wednesday. They think he got infected last week, so he's starting his second week today. I didn't know this till I heard a bunch of doctors say it over the weekend. You uh, you have the response to the virus, then you get a little better, right? Then your immune system kicks in, and that's when it goes wild. That's when it can all go to hell on you. Yeah. So, hey, play the first five seconds of that clip again, Sean. Typically, what we see is in the first week you have that's sort plenty. of the virus, actually. I thought that was Conor O'Brien. Yeah. And I thought, because it sounds just like Conan, I thought, this is the weirdest setup to a joke I've ever heard. <laughs> no, it's Where for- can this possibly be going? Former FDA uh, chair Scott Gottlieb. Now I get it. Who's a doctor. All right. Talking about how uh, the, the real uh, danger zone for Trump is uh, like next couple of days. Then if uh, nothing happens, he's probably out of the woods. That's why they're giving him the steroids to keep the inflammation down together with the uh, antibody cocktail and the remdesivir, the antiviral. Look, it's 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 absolute. It's the uh, Long Island iced tea of treatments, which some believe the steroids have perked him up and that he's tweeted like 50 times today after a couple of days of not tweeting. But anyway, it would be good for the world and for America if Trump gets better. He's not going to be on the campaign trail for quite a while, it would seem. And we're, you know. Five weeks out tomorrow? Is that right? Have you heard any idle and ill-advised speculation on the debate on the 15th? Would you like to hear something? Here's my problem (laughs) with that conversation. Yes. It's being presented, but will he be able to debate? There is some concern. All this built around the assumption that these debates are such a big freaking deal, they just aren't. They just aren't that big oh, a deal. Oh, I can't wait for the second one. Oh, I'm excited about okay. it. Okay. But they aren't that big a deal in terms of determining who's the president. They just aren't statistically looking oh, back over the years. So all precedent. Sean, go ahead. I've you already go finished binge-watching the shows that I've missed out on. I need something to watch. I'm not trying to influence what's coming up in the future. And your old man leaning on the past. These are new times. <laughs> come on. Um, it's, 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 come on. But the conversation I want to get into, because I, I find this kind of interesting, I feel like I got more serious about the, the coronavirus over the weekend and was more careful than I even had been, even though I've been wearing a mask everywhere I go. Um, I was even more careful. I don't know if the whole country is going to react that way or not. Um, I just felt like, okay, I got to be more careful than I have been. It's a reminder. Um, it's a big fat reminder that it's still about. But then I was driving down um, through my town, USA, yesterday, and it was a really nice day, and the restaurants were packed outside. And, um, you know, while they have the tables spread apart, nobody's wearing masks because you're eating and drinking, and the people are as close together as the people were in the Rose Garden for Amy Coney Barrett last week. And they say that's the super spreader event that started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and everybody was at the restaurant doing that. And I don't know what's well, right. It only or no takes way. one person at your table. And, you know, the two tables away, you're not going to give the vid to. But um, everybody at your table could get it. Judy and I went to dinner Friday night, had a lovely time with another couple. It was, it was fabulous. I hope I didn't get the vid. Hmm. I'm also not going to cower in my home the entire time to avoid the extremely small chance that I end up croaking from it. And and uh, once again, if I end up croaking from it, no, that's not ironic. It's a calculated risk. 
everything we do in life is a calculated risk. But I feel like we need to come up with some sort of situation as a culture where we don't pick and choose um, if who gets it because they're reckless and who gets it because they're being screwed by the system. Uh, currently, uh, we have a uh, we 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 don't have an equal way of looking at this. For instance, the the president's rhetoric and behavior was criticized heavily over the weekend because he didn't take it seriously, and now he's got it. Well, I can take it as seriously as I want or not in my mind. It doesn't really have that much to do. Uh, you know, my attitude doesn't have that much to do with whether or not I get COVID or not. Mm-hmm. My actions do. And if he didn't uh, do as much uh, social distancing and mask wearing, okay, then I suppose you could say he's got some responsibility for that. On the other hand, uh, the governor of uh, Virginia got it, and he was one of those hardcore mask social distance bunker down people, and he got it. So can you automatically blame somebody who's not as careful for getting it? A good example would be Ben Shapiro tweeted this out this morning. He's a Jewish man who stands up for his uh, tribe on a regular basis. New York Times article quite critical of behavior inside the New York City Orthodox community concerning COVID precautions. That's fine and dandy, says Ben Shapiro. I'm just wondering why when there's an uptick in any other ethnic community, it's blamed on systemic American racism. Right, so if some groups, when some groups get COVID, it's because you're clearly, you didn't have the right attitude, you're not taking this seriously. When other people or groups get it, it's because they're being screwed by the system somehow. Right. Well, we can't have both of these things happening at the same time. Well, whether it's the Trump and the governor of Virginia or Jewish people and Hispanics. Right, my Jewish friends, once again. If you have a problem, it's your fault, and you need to be cracked down on. Anybody else has a, a problem, it's it's the patriarchy and the racial supremacy or something, and they need to be lifted up. Uh, I happen to know the big outbreak of the vid in my town, which is come and gone, at least, I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it has, um, was almost entirely among big Hispanic families who gathered on the weekend to be together and had big old barbecues. And had big fun as families. Nobody was talking about cracking down on them like old uh, the gigantic communist moron de Blasio is talking about with the, the Jewish folks. They're making a calculated risk. And they will pay the consequences or and reap the benefits of being together and living their lives. That's a great contrast, though. Well done, Ben. Now, um, Oh, and, and it's worth mentioning, if you hadn't heard this, the half-wit governor of California, Gavin Mussolini, uh, has has passed a law, signed an executive order that says we won't let you open up and make a living if your county has inequities in health. Meaning, if the big Mexican families in my uh, uh, hood get together and make each other sick, my buddy who opens and uh, who runs an ice cream store, for instance, can't open up. According to Gavin, because there's inequities. Well, then there's a weird assumption that's being made there that if his if minorities get it, it's because of not because of their behavior. Because they're beset, they're beleaguered. If they're other oppressed. people get it, it's because of their behavior. Right. We can't have both those things happening at the same time. It, it reminds me of a couple of different things, including the current, uh, the whole political climate with Black Lives Matter and the rest of it. Um, the Marxism's main energy is that 
people on the bottom are, are nothing but oppressed. There's no opportunity for them. There's nothing they can do about their lives. They're oppressed, and we need to tear down the system. The second thing is, and we talked about this book when it came out, and I read it and made a big impression on me, is underdogma. The idea that those with more power are always evil. Those with better outcomes are always cheaters. And those underneath are always good and honorable and always oppressed. And you just make that assumption and base everything on a victim-oppressor paradigm. Just you see everything through that lens. And it's just dumb. Well, now, Trump saying at the debate last Tuesday night, Hey, I wear masks, but not like that guy. Man, he wears the, I mean, he's 200 feet away from somebody. He wears the biggest mask you've ever seen. And then the next day, Trump tests positive. Yeah. I mean, that is, it's like Chris Rock said on Saturday Night Live. It's like if I'm going around making fun of belts and my pants fall down. It's just, I mean, come on. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, that reminds me. I got to talk to you about the Chris Rock uh, Fargo, the new season of Fargo. Oh, I want to hear about it because it's. Uh oh. Oh boy. Because this is his big. Uh, okay. He's terrific. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah. he's good. He's good. Oh, yeah. I got no problem with him. All right. Um, so more on all that stuff later. Our text line is 415 295 KFTC. The president might get out today, might not. Who knows? Um, I think, I don't know when we'll get the full truth of what it was like Friday and into early Saturday. He must have been, it must have been a little scary. It had to be. Uh, tell me in 10, 20 years. To, That's to, fine. To put him in a helicopter and take him over there, and you know he didn't want to do that. Yeah. You know he would have done anything to avoid that situation. Yeah, with the White House has the fanciest medical setup you've probably ever seen in sure, your life. Sure, of course they do. Um, and it's minutes away. But they, well, the White House does. Well, yeah, and but Walter Reed is minutes away. Right. So you'd, you'd have to be at the, really a bad situation for you need to go over there. Yeah, we want to be able to do stuff within 30 seconds. That's why you're at uh-huh. Walter Reed. So anyway, yeah, that story will be told, I'm sure, at some point. We need to bring you more from the straight-talking, fabulous lawman from Rochester, New York. Uh, also, ooh, a moving email from uh, 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 an Armstrong and Getty listener whose best friend is a black man and the changes he's seen hmm. in the last couple of years. Uh, we have that for you. Um, the impossibility of opening a business in a progressive city. All sorts of good stuff for you. I don't even know where to start. And it's all on the way? Or is that what you're saying? Well, yeah, that's, yeah, well, clearly it is. <laughs> Clearly, that's what I mean, I'm saying. It's, it's not in the past. Okay, stay here. Keep yapping, man. Yeah. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I'm pleased with the uh, uh, reliability of the testing in the Capitol. I think it's better than what is at the White House, or else the president might not have been exposed on the basis of a false uh, uh, negative uh, that put him at risk, that may have put him at risk. We don't know where he got it, but we do know that there was a negative 
test for somebody with close proximity to the president. Yeah, I heard something troubling over the weekend about the tests. I was listening to a podcast. They're talking to a doctor and everything like that. And the, the podcast host said, I got a test the other day and it hurt like hell. It was one of the most painful things that's ever happened to me. He said, that means it was a good test. The good tests hurt really bad. If you got a test and it didn't hurt, it's not a very good test. I thought, that's nice. I'm not excited about that. I've, yeah. I've, I've been thinking all along, well, I haven't had a test. I should get a test. Nah, not until I think I need one. I'm not getting one. Not if not if I got to stick it clear up there and scrape your brain pan. Little D, who's uh, just turned 21, my college student daughter, is had three random tests on her campus. Um, and she said... The first one's a little scary, and it is really uncomfortable, but after you've had it done, you realize, all right, that's as bad as it gets, and fear is part of it. Are there different uh, levels she of that, She does the way-up-there test. But are there different levels of that, I wonder? She did I don't say know. the last person seemed to want to penetrate her brain. Yeah, yeah that also so could be a... whose hands it's in. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Oh, oh by the way, jeez. We found out that her graduation, she's graduating in uh, December, don't you know, uh... Her graduation is uh, virtual, and it's on a Thursday. So, whose idea was that? <laughs> so, parents, hey, th- th- first, uh, inexplicably, on a Thursday in the middle of the workday, uh, your kid's going to have a virtual graduation. <laughs> Whatever. All right. Moving Thanks, along. China. The new season of Fargo. Very disappointing. If you're a fan, oh, really? and I'm a huge fan. Oh. I'll tell you about it. Okay. I'll tell you all about it. So, the... Uh, uh, Captain Frank Umbrino of the Rochester Police Department, Rochester, New York, where the mayor, Lovely Warren is her name, was indicted Friday on campaign finance charges. Um, she is one of the uh, politicians who the uh, the captain previously said make him want to vomit. Uh, but he is talking about why there's violence in Rochester, New York. There was a big shooting. Somebody shot up a picnic and couple of people killed, many, many injured. Um, and he uh, previously he was pointing out, look, we have lots of gun laws. We arrest people. The same politicians who say we got to have lots of gun laws say we got to turn people loose the minute we catch them and we can't have any bail. So what do you think's going on? He goes on in clip 54 to uh, to explain further. What do you think about enforcing more strict gun laws? How would that, what would that look like? It's really not difficult. We have some of the toughest gun laws in the country. Why are we going to create more laws when we don't enforce the laws that we currently have on the books? Um, you know, I think we've set out numbers before. How many individuals that were victims or suspects in violent crimes, including homicides, were out on probation, were out on p- parole for other gun charges? Numbers don't lie, folks. And, and until we're honest with ourselves and we're honest with each other, you know, this is going to continue. And I'm not sitting here saying that we need to lock everybody up. That is absolutely not the answer. 100% that is not the answer. But when you have the same people committing the same crimes over and over and over again, new laws aren't going to help them. I've been on, like I said, I've been doing this a long time. And I've been involved in hundreds of homicide investigations here in the city of Rochester. Do you know how many of those homicide investigations involved individuals that owned legally registered handguns honestly i can't remember one wow that wasn't justified or ruled as justified by a grand jury wow in which a suspect committed a murder with a legally owned handgun yeah so again if these politicians want to get up and, and spew that we need more gun laws they're just lying they, they don't want to 
answer the real questions that need to be answered. That's uh, the best the gun laws only hurt law-abiding citizens argument I've ever heard. It's absolutely great. And he was on a roll, so he hit us with clip 55, too. It's incumbent upon us as adults to encourage our children to do the right thing and make, make the right decisions. That requires us being good examples for them. And, you know, some of the things that we see, it's just not, you know, parents not being good examples for their children. And the children learn their, beha- their behavior from their parents. You know, but these two victims today, it's, it's a tragedy. It's a tragedy. High school graduates, their entire life is in front of them. And because a few people made terrible decisions, it's terrible. And I, and I feel horrible for the families. Man, uh, good stuff. Captain Frank Umbrino, Rochester. Um, yeah, yeah. Nobody wants to talk about the realities of the neighborhoods where the gun violence is going on. It's a broken culture in a lot of neighborhoods, and it's really hard to fix a broken culture, and then you get into what broke the culture and who's to blame and blah, blah, blah. But a broken culture is hard to fix. Although who's to blame is much less important than how to fix it. Sure. You're right. It is hard to fix. But, you know, I know the slogan of Black Lives Matter, which is all about the cops not killing black people. And, you know, if it's unjustified, it's terrible. But why isn't there a slogan I know about turning around these communities that are so racked with violence? Why don't I know that slogan? and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So are Chiefs Patriots playing tonight? They are, sir. So there are two Monday Night Football games? Yeah, starting like an hour apart or something. And the accidental Monday Night Football game is a more exciting matchup than the real Monday Night Football game? That's unfortunate for Monday Night Football. I'm sure who has the Monday Night Football usually? Ah, The NFL channel? ESPN, I think. Yeah, whatever. Uh, What is that, football? I don't follow football anymore after the winless Eagles walked into uh, San Francisco and beat my 49ers. Oh, really? And the Eagles, catch this, are now in first place in the NFC East. With a record of one, two, and one, because all the other teams in the division are either winless or one in three, well, so okay. that tie really separates the Eagles from the pack. Uh, more importantly, Ooh! more importantly, uh, Wall Street Journal editorial board, White House medical confusion, mixed messages like those on Saturday hurt the president, says the Wall Street Journal. Now, if they hurt the president, it certainly doesn't help the public any. I'm fine with the doctors coming out and giving a rosy, rosier projection than what is real. But then why did you back it up with? Okay, well, I'm uh, taking a look at uh, Good Morning America, where they're running through a little bit of this. Let's uh, let's check in on that. And after a weekend in the hospital, he now says he's learned a lot. So uh, it's been a very interesting journey. I learned a lot about COVID. I learned it by really going to school. This is the real school. This isn't the let's read the book school. And I get it. It follows a weekend of mixed messages and false statements from the president's medical team. On Saturday, White House Dr. Sean Conley repeatedly dodging questions about whether the president was so sick he needed oxygen. Yesterday and today, he was not on oxygen. <laughs> Thursday, no oxygen, none at this moment. Yeah, and yesterday with the team, uh, while, while we were all here, he was not on oxygen. But now, Conley says he did actually administer oxygen to the president on Friday at the White House after his blood oxygen dropped. Sources telling ABC the president had difficulty breathing. I was concerned for possible rapid progression of the illness. 
I recommended the president we try some supplemental oxygen, see how he'd respond. Also over the weekend, Conley time and time again painted a rosy picture of the president's... Okay, you're using your this is a crisis voice. They don't have a ton of range on on news. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no kidding. A puppy has cuddled with a kitten. Same tone of voice. I think it's interesting. Uh, if the president was like on D's D. <laughs> My wife said that yesterday. Is he still on D's D? Oh, <laughs> no, he's, he's not. No, not on death's door, no. <laughs> um, I think it would be interesting if the president was on D's D. But the fact that they didn't tell us that is not use your crisis voice. No. They're allowed to. They're supposed to. They would be bad at their jobs if they did tell us what was going on. You might find this interesting. Not only is that backed up by the national security argument. Uh, We and Vlad Putin and fathead in North Korea and, and Chairman Xi don't get to know precisely how the president's doing. But this from Don, who says, my wife taught HIPAA rules to hospital employees. So watching the criticism of Trump's doctor's press conference, she got a little spun out. Medical personnel are hammered with the law, which says, in all caps, you cannot release any medical information about a patient without a release from the patient. So he stood in front of the press, most likely authorized to discuss his treatment at Walter Reed. And only at all to read. What happened at the White House may not have been agreed to. A HIPAA-aware doctor would be very careful in dodge answering that question. Now it seems absolutely clear to me that the president said, okay, no, go ahead and talk about Friday now. That's absolutely hmm. why he was dodging that question, because he wasn't authorized to talk about anything that happened before the president was admitted. And I get it. Clearly. That had to be pretty exciting on Friday, though. Also, supplementary oxygen for people with respiratory problems is extremely common. There must have been something that had everybody all worked up on Friday, though, to put him in the helicopter and take him over there. For one thing, they regularly drive presidents over there because they clear out the roads, and it's like a one-minute drive. Mm-hmm. Um, so to put him in the helicopter and take him over there, knowing everybody, the whole world's going to see that, he, he, there must have been something that was scaring somebody. His oxygen level dropped. I'll bet that was it. And he's a fat old man. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, you can't mess around with that. No need to be so blunt, but uh, yes, he is an overweight fellow past 70. <laughs> One final note um, from uh, yeah. Don, who's in the know, that if any senior is transported by ambulance for something like COVID, they'll give him supplemental oxygen just as a precaution, hmm. and you'll get billed for it. So it's practically universal. Okay. So there you go. little perspective. You're not going to get that on NBC, where they use this tone of voice. <laughs> Like something really nefarious is going on. Right. Yeah. It's not nefarious to keep the president's uh, health a secret. It's a national security thing. Right. Moment to moment optics. The president is feeling better. I'm sorry, what's that? The president is feeling worse. What? Now he's feeling very bad. Now, a little better than he was a second ago. Oh, stop it. I, I don't understand when the... The kind of moral framework of everything that happened in America was based off of Saturday morning cartoons. And that's why you never lie ever. <laughs> no, no, life is messy and complicated. And there are times when you need to do things that have have 
greater good implications beyond, and you get and you can't be forthcoming right in in right. this moment right now, especially in front of a live mic that is being broadcast to the world. Right, right. especially when you're talking about we'll tell you more this afternoon. You'll right. be fine and waiting a couple hours to get this information. Which brings us to a positive Sean's oft stated principle of clickonomics. The news oh, yeah. is just desperately, desperate for something new, new. Like every five minutes, Jack and I talk about this behind the scenes all the time. You know, I, I got a story. I'm, I'm about to do it right after the commercials. This is so great. Then I'll go back to the website, and it's like buried. You can't even find <laughs> it because they've got such a churn of new, 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 new. Um, I had one more thing on the... Tr- oh, so the press pool is headed over to Walter Reed Hospital, where the president is, so it seemed to me he's going to do a press conference. Um, the president himself? The president doing a press conference from, from his Reed. DB? <laughs> it's not his DB. You got to get off your DB to go to D's D, which is, you know, a lot of effort. Yeah. Well, there was, there was, there was definitely uh, 24 hours, roughly... Till Saturday afternoon before he did that video, where it was, what kind of shape is he in? If I were the president's physician and I saw that his blood oxygen level had dropped to a significant amount, I'd go to DEFCON 1. It would be knowing he has the vid and all of a sudden his body is not getting oxygen. Does that one scale up or down? Is one the. That's the hard part. It's like, DEFCON is like murder. Okay. One is the highest. Okay. Okay. It's not like burns, burns are the opposite. Opposite, eh? No, not that burns. Like, <laughs> too much heat on your flesh. Gotcha. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, serious, sobering email. Do you want to be sober on a Monday? Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> I'll have to start next Monday. <laughs> it's a little late for that now. Um. Uh. So, um, when's the next debate? Nobody knows. How do you feel about Uh, the vice presidential debate tomorrow night? Should Pence be there? He's next in line for the presidency, possibly exposed. Well, at the the risk of, uh, thank you for encapsulating some more of the idiot news stories of today. Uh, I am intrigued because of the age of the, the POTUS candidates. And I believe Kamala Harris to be half a moron. (laughs) <laughs> and I believe she will be exposed in the debate. It, well, Not exposed to Corona, exposed to America. Well, right. And she, like Joe Biden, has committed <laughs> has committed to this 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 uh, uh, terrible stance of I'm not going to answer the question of packing the court because it's a distraction. It's a major constitutional change, or at least a reinterpretation of the Constitution. Surely. You're not going to answer it because it's a distraction? Distraction from what? Are you going to unleash a dragon that burns up half of America (laughs) like it's the Game of Thrones? That changing the Supreme Court is not a distraction. That's the biggest story I can imagine. (laughs) Um, uh, Surely Pence won't let her get away with saying that's a distraction. Uh, no, I I would hope not. Nor the moderator, who's the chap from C-SPAN, right? Or is that the next no, POTUS the, debate? C-SPAN one is the next POTUS. Yeah, debate. who's who? Who took the uh, the kind of double A ball assignment of doing the Veep debate? Do we know Pat Sajak? It, it doesn't actually matter much. Come on, there could be a moment, but Trump's down, you know, fourteen points in one poll that came out. Yeah, which is a hell of a lot. Yes, it is also similar to Hillary in a similar time frame. There are differences in the polling methodology between then and now, but there's also the difference in um, the number of undecideds, which I think is a big deal. True. H- Hillary was would lead Trump like 
43 to 31 because there was a big chunk of people out there that didn't make their mind. And then they all went for Trump on Election Day. Mm -hmm. There ain't nobody undecided this time around. So it's hard to make up a lead. VP debate will be moderated by Susan Page of USA Today. There you go. We know who she is. Yeah, she's not insufferable. She's a lefty, but not completely out of control. can only assume there will be pie charts involved. I hope so. USA Today loves a pie chart. So that's a good point. Um, A personal personal testimonial from a fellow about his best friend and how the BLM uh, movement has changed him. Okay. Troubling stuff. There's an Uh, interesting uh, op-ed in the Wall Street Journal today about critical race theory and how real it is and how Biden getting away with it on the debate saying that's not happening. Chris Matthews letting him get away with it. Chris Wallace, yes. Chris Wallace. Chris Matthews is retired because he's... He's a woman toucher or leerer or something. I can't remember. I don't think he touched anybody. All of that to come. Yeah. Don't go away. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. A new poll shows that 75% of LGBTQ voters support Joe Biden, but 0% of them support Joe Biden guessing what the B, T, and Q stand for. (laughs) A seven-year-old boy in Pennsylvania set a new world record by bouncing on a pogo stick over 2,000 times in a row, said the boy's parents, Open the schools. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. So it is a mark of the power of the Black Lives Matter movement and the critical race theory movement, which we're going to be talking about a little more later on, uh, that it is it has done what it's done to me, a guy who's been just staunchly pro-civil rights for everybody my entire life, my entire professional career libertarian, small government guy, the government governs best, which governs least, everybody gets the civil rights, no matter how they look or where they come, you know, and it's it's kind of twisted, it hasn't twisted me, but it's, it's, it's so poisonous to me trying to divide everybody into their angry, hateful groups. Um, Judy and I flipped on uh, the new season of Fargo. Over the weekend, uh, we we loved the movie. We loved the first three seasons of the the TV show. So good. Uh, welcome, my friends, to Woke Fargo. Oh, it wow. is a never ending lecture about white people are monsters, black people are wonderful, immigrants are wonderful. There's no such thing as American culture. How could there be? Because immigrants uh, have have decided what it should be, and the rest of it. It is. It's occasionally interrupted by a plot that seems to be about organized crime. Literally, every single person of color in the show is brilliant, charming, moral, kind, including the hitman for the organized crime outfit. And every white person is a monster, with one exception. The funeral director who's married to a black woman and is raising a daughter who's even darker skinned than the mother dealing with that 1950s Kansas city. It's, it's insufferable. It is a, it is a lecture interrupted occasionally by plot, um, which is too bad. Chris, Chris Rock is terrific in the lead, lead role. 
Actually, there are a lot of really good performances. Most of them. The script is just, you know, back when I was writing scripts, they they taught us early on. Look, if you can tell a great story and it happens to have a message that will reach people, good for you. You've done something great. But if you try to cram a message down people's throats, kind of tied to a story, nobody's going to watch it. So anyway, <laughs> on a similar note, we got this uh, note from uh, Al Anonymous. Uh, I'm a white male. My best friend of 25 years is a black male. We're both in our early 30s. So they have been friends, best friends, since they were little boys. And we're roommates. For the most part, in my eyes, there is no major difference between us other than he's a big supporter of Black Lives Matter. And me, well, I'm a friend of Armstrong and Getty. Over the past few months, I've watched his mental health slowly deteriorate deteriorate as the BLM voice has become louder and louder. With every week that goes by, he becomes more and more certain that America is on a mission to kill him and just black people in general. This is further supported by podcasts and celebrities that he follows that strongly support the Black Lives Matter movement. He's normally a very animated, happy person, but every time a news story breaks about black man killed by whites, he becomes very withdrawn and usually doesn't leave his room for days. It's concerning to me concerning to me that there is a growing narrative among parts of the black community that they are in a fight for their lives and white people are out to hunt them. I can't imagine what it must do to you mentally for all sure. the celebrities, athletes, and public voices that you look up to to say on repeat, white people are coming for you and your family, and unless you act, you will be next. It literally has become the world he lives in. I honestly worry about him, and it seems as if every time the sun starts to shine for him again, the media finds another story to pour gasoline on. I would point out like that Jacob, I can't remember his last name, but who was a a, a sexual assault uh, perpetrator, wanted on a warrant, who went for a knife, but that was portrayed as an innocent black man gunned down just out of racial hatred. Anyway, every time something like that happens, the media pours uh, gas on it, Ah, firing up tensions and sending him back down into that hole. He started reading books now about mental health for black people living in America, and I fear that even those might be repeating the same messages to him. I don't know how you would ever mentally come out of that hole once those voices make you truly believe that white people are coming for you. I truly miss my friend that I could sit and talk with without our skin color being the main driver of the conversation. Uh, Yeah, that's that's interesting. I've known a number of people um, throughout my life who have be gone from being happy, well-adjusted people to going down a rabbit hole of a particular philosophy or conspiracy or alleged threat to them and have become unhappy paranoiacs when nothing in their world has changed. I think it's another good example of how we get this distorted, bizarre view of the world through the media. And if we become, if that becomes our way of viewing the world, especially if it's exclusive of what we experience ourselves and see ourselves, that can turn you into a crazy person. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, when you have LeBron James saying, I'm scared, I'm scared to go out, I'm scared for my family. And remember Jason Whitlock said, I'm not. Um, but if you if you took that message in that you're scared and you think, if, well, if LeBron's scared, I ought to be scared. Uh, you know, because he's got a lot, of, lot uh, better chance than I do. Right. If somebody, it was funny, several of my friends encountered bears in the last week. Seems <laughs> interesting. Seems strange to say, but it's true. If if somebody convinced me that five people had been mauled by a bear in my neighborhood in the last week, I would be afraid of bears. Well, of course I would. would venture out with great caution to let Baxter pee uh, for the last time every night in the dark. 
Um, and then it turned out, well, three of those people just saw a bear and one guy attacked a bear. Well, that's a completely different reality. But again, if I had taken as credible, the source is telling me, yeah, five people got mauled by bears in your neighborhood. That would turn me into a paranoid guy. And I just, for clickbaity reasons and political reasons, I think we're doing a, a, an awful thing to a lot of Americans. I hope we can get through this. And, and a lot of it's for profit. A lot of it's for power. The Marxists just want power. And a lot of the media people, trust me, I know a lot of them, they're just a little soft-headed. So the latest on Trump is he's still in the hospital. He's clearly feeling better because he's tweeting like a madman, which we'll talk more about next hour. He did get in his limo and go for a ride by some uh, Trump supporters and wave to them, which has, of course, been met with controversy. But he's good enough to, like, get in a car and go for a ride and go back to the hospital. Yeah. I think that's a lot better than the situation he was in, like, Friday afternoon. But as we've discussed, we are at a bit of a crossroads just with the virus. Generally, it's around now that it's either going to go down Easy Street or, uh-oh, Boulevard. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the most likely, statistically, scenario is he gets better and he'll be back in the White House, you know, within days and quarantining, I guess. On we go. Armstrong and Getty.